Welcome to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. Your on-the-go bite of the food and beverage industry. Welcome to the Food and Drink Business Podcast. My name's Grant McCarran, and today I'm once again joined by Kim Berry, the editor of Food and Drink Business and the host of this show. And Kim, welcome to 2024, our first episode. I know. Hello, stranger. I know, right? It's this is it's been two months since we last two months. Ludicrous. Yeah. I, I'm sure you've made the most of it, not having to put up with me telling you what to do on the uh, on the podcast. Oh, look, totally, because it's not like there aren't other people in my life telling me what to do <laughs> every almost single minute of every day. <laughs> well, we'll let that one go, and yes, I'll probably get yes. into the uh, into the bitter. reason the reason why we're back together. I know. So today we're joined by David Dwyer. David is the General Counsel, Company Secretary and Head of B Corp for Unilever ANZ. Pretty light workload. Hey, you know, try harder, I say, David. Uh, (laughs) We're going, but today we're going to focus on his B Corp responsibilities. Uh, B Corp is an incredibly rigorous series of assessments on a company's impact across a host of areas, some which I would hazard to say are not traditionally quantified in a business setting. Uh, David and a, and a squad of other Unilever colleagues who were really committed to the philosophy and, um, and ideas behind B Corp worked together to achieve certification, which is no mean feat. Hi, David. Hi, Kim. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's terrible that I'm already, you know, giving you a hard time before I've even, you know, given you a chance to reply. <laughs> But welcome to the podcast. Can you provide a quick overview of what B Corp is? I can. So a B Corp is uh, an accreditation which is awarded to companies which achieve certain minimum standards uh, in the environmental, social and governance space. So it's a um, very deep and broad accreditation uh, which... Uh, doesn't focus on one particular area of your business. So, for example, the impact you might have uh, with respect to agriculture, it looks at your entire business uh, from end to end. So it um, is administered by a company called B-Lab, an organisation called B-Lab, um, and uh, we think uh, it's probably the most rigorous uh, accreditation of its type. And I, I think... I mean, the thing that seems to really make it stand separate to a lot of other, you know, accreditation programs is the range of of um, of areas of the business that it does measure, I guess. So a lot of people think, you know, if someone's got an, a, an accreditation, like, that it's just going to be about their emissions levels or, you know, it's a it's a carbon footprint or maybe it is about water stewardship. But B Corp takes it so much further, doesn't it? Yes, it includes all of that, uh, but it looks um, at much more. So the B in B Corp stands for benefit for all. So it looks at five principal areas across your business. Uh, for example, workers... It looks at your impact in the community, particularly your local community. Uh, of course, it looks at your impact on the environment and what measures you're taking to improve that impact, as well as your consumers. 
So it is a very broad certification. And of course, there are certifications out there very worthy, um, but this is uh, probably the one that uh, I think measures the total impact of a business the best. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes, there are other rigorous processes, but, you know, B Corp really does seem to have that, that um, I think its reputation stands for itself, you know, itself in terms of that depth. Yeah, it does. I, I think I think one thing about it is that um, their levels of awareness uh, are not quite uh, there yet, particularly in ANZ. So that's something that Unilever is also seeking to improve with B-Lab and the community, um, but it's getting there. Yeah. So I think at the moment there's about 65 food and beverage companies in Australia and New Zealand that have it. Um, I haven't I haven't looked at it, but it would be interesting to see if how that uptake has been, like whether it's increased, like there's more coming each year that are, that are happening or whether it's just been this really um, incremental sort of process. No, it's been exponential. So as part of becoming a B Corp, you become part of this community where you meet not only fellow B Corp certified companies, but also aspiring B Corps. And without naming names, uh, I have seen more recently uh, representatives of those companies expressing great interest attending those fora. And um, the larger companies, obviously, it's far more challenging for a larger company in some respects, we're more complex, um, but there is great interest. Uh, and the number of B Corps being certified globally has been exponential, particularly in the last five years. Mm. The um the the five areas that you were talking about are officially called the collaborative approach, transparent and accountable, responsible supply chain, sustainability and community engagement, and dedication to positive impact. So when you look at those sort of areas and and what it what it means, what what prompted you to instigate the process at Unilever? Well, I think there's a few drivers for Unilever in particular. We've been on a sustainability journey uh, well before my time at Unilever since 2010. And it's something that um, was introduced in 2010, uh, what was um, called a sustainable living plan, but now it's called a compass. And one of the reasons we embarked on the journey is we wanted to get external validation uh, that what we had instigated within our business uh, was the right way to do it. And that, I think, was first undertaken by a lot of satellite business in our, t in our Unilever global um, community. So companies... Uh, like T2, which has since been sold, uh, achieved B Corp certification. What we did, which more interesting, is that we're the first Unilever named subsidiary uh, to achieve the certification, and we are of a different scale to a lot of those businesses. So we wanted that external validation. We also were very interested in uh, what benefits it might provide the business because what we are seeing is the consumer awareness of sustainability is becoming far greater uh, and certainly shoppers are interested in sustainable products. But they're also really concerned about uh, whether companies 
um, are actually doing the right thing or whether they're engaging in greenwashing, which has become a focus, um, particularly in recent times. So B Corp certification, we hope, acts uh, as a trust mark and signals to consumers that we're doing the right thing. So that was important to us. We also saw the benefit uh, to our employees and, in fact, in hiring and attracting talent, particularly um, the younger generation who perhaps are more attuned to this type of certification. So that was another theory of ours. So, yeah, there was a, a range of things. And, of course, I think there's an altruistic thing here that we do as a company want to balance profit and purpose. Uh, and we did see that this was a good way to measure our progress as we continue to improve our positive impact. The measuring is just becoming more and more critical, isn't it? I mean, as you were saying, in terms of what what consumers want and expect, and then the 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 risk of that greenwashing, you know, sort of situation. The only way around that is to be able to say, you know, here we've measured it. Here's the actual evidence. You know, don't yes. just don't just take us on our on our word that we're a really good, well-meaning company because you may well be, but we're all a little bit more jaded than that these days. <laughs> yeah, we are a bit jaded, which is unfortunate. But I think that there there is some healthy cynicism there um, because I think a lot of companies. Maybe not a lot of companies, but certainly some companies do take advantage of consumers in this space. Now, clearly, all our claims and all our marketing activities were already subject to a very strict and rigorous legal approval. But this adds another layer, we would hope, of credibility to that. The other, the other issue we're seeing, though, is particularly in this sort of environment of social and governance space, it's not just consumers. Uh, having greater expectations, but it's also governments now. So a lot of the work that we uh, are doing with respect to climate, uh, you are seeing that those standards that we are achieving are becoming legislated. So um, certainly in some aspects, a lot of what we do, well, not a lot, but some of the stuff we're doing as a B Corp will be required of companies in the future. So it's future-proofing our business in some respects, uh, taking um, steps now, which we think will become a mandated for all the right reasons in the future. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And we're sort of seeing that start to unfold with um, the federal government's announcement, you know, through Environment Minister Tanya Pulbasek last year of the legislation that's going to be coming in around packaging and and you know claims and and materials used and and I mean that's you know just one component of your business, albeit you know for Unilever it would be <laughs> massive for the number of products, but yes. yeah that that change is is going to be another well you know driver that is not going to you you can't shirk. No, that's right. And I think the other one is within the next five years, most companies, except for smaller companies, will have to uh, disclose and publicly disclose uh, risks associated with their business, associated with climate, um, which is another area which I think um, shows that, you know, ESG, which may have been sort of classified as something trendy, 
uh, is becoming uh, far more mainstream. Mm, mm. I remember, this shows my age, but I remember when marketing, you know, the marketing director became part of the C-suite and, you know, this uh, the shock and the horror of it and, um, and you know, <laughs> You know, and it's like, meanwhile, it's like, ah, uh, I play quite an important role. Um, and, you know, but the same here with the, with the, um, with a lot of ESG stuff, like even, um, Woolworths, uh, has uh, their environmental director is doing remarkable work, but that position was only created and part of the, you know, part of the executive from about two or two and a half years ago. So it's just moving, you know, it's becoming, um, well, not just moving. I think it's been there all, uh, for a long time, but just the realization as to the role it can play and the role it does play for a business in a really positive way is becoming accepted. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think when I'm old enough to remember when CSR, the corporate social responsibility space, was kind of what is now transformed into something which is uh, not a nice to do but something that must be done, uh, something that is legislated, something our consumers expect, something our suppliers expect uh, and certainly our very, very uh, our wonderful customers like Woolworths um, also are putting in place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, you touched on this earlier about how, you know, achieving this um, – you know, accreditation for a large company can be particularly challenging. Can you talk to us a bit more about that and um, and how you, you know, how you worked through that? Yes. So um, I can talk all day about that. <laughs> Yay. Uh, because it took two years <laughs> of my life. How long? It took two years. It took okay. two years for us to achieve our certification, which we were told by BLAB in the end was um, quite quick. Uh, and I don't want to dissuade anyone from embarking on the process because for us it's very complicated because we're a large, complex organisation, three manufacturing facilities, uh, 1,500 employees. Uh, but uh, we kind of sort of jumped into it without knowing exactly what was involved, uh, which uh, in retrospect is probably a good thing because if we did know, then it might have been um, something that was quite insurmountable. Uh, so you need, uh, and I think cross-functional sort of expertise. So we assembled a sort of informal team of people. What's really involved, I was answering his questionnaire, but it's 200 questions uh, and detailed answers required across your entire business, whether it's supply chain, how you treat your workers, what contributions you make to the community, what emissions controls you have, what your water usage is like, your electricity usage, uh, in great detail. And you can't fib because then B-Lab sends the auditors in to check your answers. Uh, and they're wonderful and they're, they're super strict, uh, which is great. It's really comforting, right? You know that you know, you're getting um, really valid answers. Um, if after all of that, you score 80 points, uh, then you've achieved certification. Uh, you do have to make certain compulsory disclosures about more difficult aspects of your business, whether it's chemical use or otherwise. Uh, you also have to um, actually change 
the way you govern your business by ensuring that the management takes into account environmental, social and governance factors in their decision making, which was relatively easy for us because it's something that we were already practicing. Um, so it does take a long time uh, and it doesn't end there because you have to recertify every three years. So I was lucky enough to be part of a very committed team of uh, B Corpers uh, to help achieve it, but it does. It is a rigorous process. Yeah, but that I mean that in part, as you just as you said, is comforting. You know, it the, it means the integrity is there and that the effort is worth it. I think so, and I think as a lawyer, um, and I wasn't acting as a lawyer in this role, I, I I appreciated that very much because you do see certifications sometimes, uh, which. Uh, seem to be really easy to achieve um, and therefore maybe are not as credible. So this very much attracted Unilever ANZ and our management to it. Was there, a, was there a part of the business that was the most challenging? And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way, but in terms of just how to get, you know, how to make, find those measurements within a particular area? There, there were. Uh, so I think one of the areas which is most challenging is examining your entire supply chain. And at Unilever, being a global company, uh, we have a very complex supply chain even within Australia. So it's we were advantaged by the fact that 70 to 75% of the products that Unilever sells in Australia and New Zealand are made in Australia and New Zealand, which, is, um, which helped. But even then... It's highly complicated. Um, and so extracting the information in a format that B-Lab requires is difficult. Uh, in fact, in a couple of areas, we didn't have the data. We knew we were doing good, quote unquote, doing good. Um, for example, we knew we were engaging uh, in uh, a fair, fair amount of charitable giving, for example, in the community space, but we didn't have the data to prove it. And B-Lab were very good to say, well, we are rigorous. We want to ensure that this accreditation is uh, earned so you won't score points for that. So those were the difficult parts, lack of data, and I think supply chain complexity in particular were quite challenging. And I think, you know, I mean, business is seeing that across the board, aren't they, in terms of, you know, if you look at, you know, your stage one, two, three emissions, stage one and two are in essence relatively easy, maybe not easy, straightforward to make change to. But stage three, which takes in basically everything else about your business, I mean, yeah, it's a it's a huge undertaking. It is a huge undertaking and it's actually very much top of mind for Unilever at the moment because we're embarking on that journey. Uh, and, you know, I talked about the complexity of the supply chain, uh, the, the, the difficulty of measuring scope three emissions uh, is um, going to be quite challenging. But I also talked about um, the climate, mandatory climate reporting that would be required. We will have to do it. Um, because in a few years we'll have to disclose um, scope through emissions. Uh, so, yeah, we're embarking on it now. In that regard, we, we are using 
um, third-party consultants because um, internally it would just be too challenging. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's almost that um, domino effect as well in terms of, well, you have suppliers providing, you know, ingredients or parts of a product to you and then you're supplying to supermarket chains or chemists or a whole host of other sort of retail environments as well as then, you know, commercial environments. And then, you know, then there are suppliers to the suppliers. And <laughs> I mean, I, yes. like how long's a piece of string? It's very long. It's very long. Kids. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. I'll say something self-serving now, but it's actually absolutely true. We do not as a consequence of B Corp so much, but generally have very good relationships uh, with our suppliers and our customers. And so, therefore, uh, we're advantaged by the fact that, you know, we do have those relationships um, to lean on. Um, we have great expectations of our suppliers as well in this space, but so do they of us. So, you see this what they call in Unilever, they call it the sort of Unilever ecosystem, uh, working quite well uh, to um, achieve these objectives. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, it's it's still going to be a huge amount of work. It's almost like, um, you know, like one of the measurements is looking at, your, you know, your biodiversity footprint, but it's almost like this relationship between suppliers and companies and is becoming its own sort of biodiverse sort of environment and what's the footprint of, of this particular, of this sort of particular corporate organism. Yeah, it is. And it's not uh, looking at an organism, as you say, uh, solo or um, it really is part of uh, a larger ecosystem. It really is a monumental shift, isn't it? I mean, really, like in terms of how how businesses operate and interact. This is a big, this is turning the, you know, turning the oil tanker or whatever. What's What are the big ships? <laughs> the big cargo ship. It is. It's, it, it really is um, a change in uh, approach, I think, where companies may have worked uh, relatively unilaterally, uh, and but now they're required, I think, not by any reasons of doing the right thing, but also by their consumers and their customers to make these changes. So um, it's something that we think this B Corp movement um, is facilitating and recognising that trend. Um, so it's really interesting to be at the forefront of it. Yeah. Uh, were there any unexpected victories or triumphs, things where you guys sort of went, oh, look at that? What's well, I think, I think there were probably a couple, actually. I do recall um, unearthing activity that our employees had done of their own volition uh, and hadn't thought to report it more widely, for example, engaging in charitable organisation giving, things of that type. So you unearth these nuggets where you realise that your employees uh, are certainly keen to um, contribute. What I really found, uh, maybe it should be surprising, but was the level of commitment and cooperation and willingness staff to come forward and say, I want to be part of this because 
I had no formal role at the time. This was done sort of as a volunteering basis. Um, but in the end, there was a team of probably in the end 20, 30 people who were committed to this particular project, all of whom were doing it um, sort of pro bono, as it were. That was very heartening. And I think that was one of the best parts of it, apart from actually achieving it, because, you know, despite the fact that Unilever does a lot of good work, we were um, close. We didn't manage it easily. We scored 82.7 and you have to score 80. Um, and so achieving a certification is obviously a big triumph, but the, the willingness of individuals to get involved was maybe for this cynic really refreshing. Yeah. And the f- there's, I mean, you know, this all gets, and this is the thing, right? People just sort of go, oh, this is so touchy-feely. But we're humans and we are touchy-feely. And so exactly in an organisation the size of Unilever or any other, you know, it doesn't even need to be a global company, but you have divisions within divisions and you have teams that decide they're going to support this or they're going to do this. And that never shifts up the chain or because they're just doing it. And the majority of them don't even think that it's worth sending up the sending up the, the the chain to be commented on or noted. They're just like, well, no, we just decided we were going. And so when that's seen and they realise how important that is to the company or how much the company appreciates it or at least recognises it in terms of the, them, that does so much for a company culture and the morale of the people within that company. Yes, it does. And it's interesting you know, I'm on this podcast now, but even this morning, I had two members of our staff who I've not met before reach out and say, I want to be involved. I'm really interested in this. But there is, I think, a lot of unspoken commitment to these principles, uh, at least I know amongst our employees, but I think generally in the community, I think there is a huge degree of cynicism, which I think gets far too much, um, far too much attention about these things, I think you'll see this becoming far more mainstream in the future. We're already seeing that uh, and for all the right reasons. I also think it affords the opportunity for people. um, I think there's lots of things going on in the world at the moment that we are all either horrified, demoralised, despairing about. And the only things we can do is, is have an impact on our our world and our community and and the things that we can change, we have to look. And this is, you know, B Corp's providing an avenue for people to be able to do that, you know, because their working life is, well, maybe we're of the generation where your working life is such a large component of your life and you define a lot of yourself by the work that you do. I'm not quite sure that's happening in younger generations. That's another podcast. Um, but, you know, like it, it's that it's really is part of that as well, isn't it? I mean, the, it's this whole, the tendrils that come off it, you know, the, the roots of the B Corp tree are not just because the company has to or it's going to have to or, or you know, it, it wants to be seen to be. It has this other whole component to it. Yeah, I, I think it, you're speaking or maybe I, I think the importance of purpose in people's lives uh, particularly, you know, that's been my personal journey. 
um, realizing that profit is interesting and necessary, but alone is not fulfilling. And just balancing those two uh, is really important. And I think this has reawoken or shown to me at least how important in particularly employees' lives, purposes as well. Uh, and this, you know, Unilever has always tried to balance both. And initially when I came to Unilever, I was slightly cynical about, you know, being a lawyer or just generally you need proof. Once I started to see the proof of the good that we were doing in the world, I was um, more convinced. But, yeah, it, it is trying to balance those two aspects um and b corp is a great contributor to that being a b corp keeps you honest in that respect and allows you to improve in fact uh which is a journey we're embarked on now well grant that's pretty amazing isn't it i've i've talked to a couple of companies that have have done the process and and worked their way through it and they they echo you know what you're saying david in terms of it, it is a big effort and it takes time, but the benefits are many. So I want to really thank you for taking your time out today to have a chat with us and tell us about what your experience and what it's meant for Unilever. And I hope that it does um, plant the seed in a num- you know in some of our listeners to you know start th- perhaps their journey onto um, their company or their becoming a um, a B Corp company. Thanks, Kim. I really appreciate the time. And if anyone is interested, I'm always available to talk through the process. And of course, BLAB is a great organisation. Um, they will, of course, they're ready to assist uh, when when required. So that's no, been a pleasure. Thank you. How's that, Grant? Isn't it inspiring? Yeah, yeah. A lot of effort. It's, and, it's exhausting. Uh, I'm tired on their yeah. behalf. I'm tired on David's <laughs> behalf. But like... <laughs> But, but interesting, the whole aspect of uh, for recruiting the younger generation. Mm. Uh, we've heard that again and again. That, that's right. Uh, recruit and retain. It's an important thing these days, especially in the post-COVID world. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they're, they're looking for uh, companies that aren't greenwashing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Well, what a, way to, what a way to kick off the podcast for 2024. <laughs> Indeed. Well, Thanks, Kim. And of course, thanks, David. Uh, Really appreciated you being here with us. And uh, thanks, of course, to our audience who have come back and joined us once again and kicked off 2024 series with uh, this first episode for the year. Don't forget, if you enjoyed what you heard, you can like us on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher as this helps others discover our show. We'll be back in the not too distant future with another informative discussion. But until then, have a great day. You've been listening to the Food and Drink Business Podcast, produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Food and Drink Business, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Food and Drink Business, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact us via our website or send an email to editor at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au. You can subscribe to this podcast via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on Australia's food and beverage industry at foodanddrinkbusiness.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast. Southern Skies Media.